Welcome back to Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green with a very special episode with a great friend of mine, Fran Boyd. She's going to talk to you about a story of cancer survival that is certainly not typical, how God healed her, the process that she went through. I've known her before her cancer and now after, and I can tell you she looks a lot better with her. (laughs) Thank you. I I feel a lot better with hair. (laughs) Yes, I know you do. But you did so well as you came through this, and we do mean through it. And to God be the glory, just after this break, we'll come back and we'll hear from Fran and Fran's story of cancer survival to the glory of God. I want to talk to you on behalf of a great client that support this podcast and many of our other podcasts. And I so appreciate Peter Aiello, who has a great book called Hidden Treasure. And he's willing to send that book out to you today, totally free, hiddentreasure.website. And I recommend you do that not just because they're a sponsor, but because they answer some great questions that he addresses unconditional trust in Christ and how it's missing in the practices of many ministries. Many times it doesn't even go beyond our own mental imagery. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and not to lean on our own understanding. And that's obviously from Proverbs 3, 5. And Isaiah 55, 8, 9 tells us that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We got to get beyond our own thoughts when we unconditionally trust in God. Would you go visit that website now, hiddentreasure.website? And my thanks go out to Peter Aiello and his great book, Hidden Treasure. Now back to the program. Well, first, we want to say that I'm so thankful for our sponsors. Thank you for making these podcasts possible. We have a real special story for our listeners that I really believe you're going to be edified. Uh, you're going to be excited to hear Fran's story. So, Fran, first, welcome to the studio. It's good Thank to see you. you, Fran. Thank you for having me here. So Appreciate when I first knew you, you were a, a marathon runner, uh, yes. at least a long-distance runner, mm-hmm. and you had graduated to uh, marathons. Yes. And I had the privilege of teaching your daughter at ORU. She was one of my better marketing students. Oh, well, she loved you, too. You taught her quite a bit. <laughs> she uh, is fiery. <laughs> yes, she takes after her mom. <laughs> <laughs> she has very strong beliefs and believes she's right all the time. <laughs> and, she and, takes after her dad with that one. <laughs> yes. And since I'm always right, she and I butted heads quite often. Oh, boy. <laughs> but in a good way. That's uh, that's my job as a teacher, right, to butt heads. That's right. So, Fran, I know that uh, you got some bad news on one day. Yeah. Uh, and I want to just start where you're wanting to start and uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. On December 3rd, 2013, um, after uh, going for a routine mammogram in November and then a series of tests and a biopsy, December 3rd, I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. It came as a total shock, being the fact that, uh, like you said, a, a marathon runner. Healthy. Healthy eating, you know. You didn't smoke cigars. No, never smoked. Not even in my, it's not even hereditary in my family. So it definitely came as a shock. And, of course, the first thing you, you're like... You want to ask God, why me? Why me? With a lot of prayer, we just went to the doctor that, uh, you know, my um, gynecologist had recommended. And uh, we just started going and seeing her and going for some tests and everything. But we didn't feel right. My husband and I, Brian, we didn't feel uh, comfortable at all. We felt like there was something wrong. And I felt an urgency that this cancer had come out and the doctor didn't see the urgency because at that time the, the diagnosis wasn't as serious. So you were misdiagnosed. I was misdiagnosed. Tell me about that. At first, I was diagnosed as um, carcinoma in situ, 
which means that it was in the ducts of the breast, and that meant that it was, it means that the cancer is contained, it won't spread. Well, come to find out, it was not in situ. It had spread out of the ducts, and it was a stage three, which means it was a very aggressive form of cancer. So when I had that urgency to get it out, I really believe that, that that was the Holy Spirit saying, "This you cannot wait on this. You wouldn't be here today if you hadn't had that diagnosis corrected because it was spreading so fast. It was. It, it had it had started spreading. How did God show up for you oh, in, the, in the early part of this Very, story? very early. Um, of course, like I said, you want to ask God why and how. But just just kept believing that he was going to take me through this. And um, one day, it was two weeks after the diagnosis, approximately two weeks, I decided to go running with my daughter, Sarah, and we were running in Tulsa, and we saw a big billboard, and um, it, the billboard said, you need a second opinion, Cancer my Treatment goodness. Center. And at that time, my husband, Brian, and I, we were, I have family in New York, and they're like, come to New York, come to New York. And at that time, I was gathering my records together, and I was thinking about going to New York. So at that time, when I saw the big board, I said, we need to go to New York. This is a sign from God, a literal sign saying, get a second opinion. So I asked Brian, but you know what? I said, call cancer treatment centers. I said, I had no idea they were in Tulsa. I totally forgot. I knew they were here, but I forgot. So Brian did call, and unfortunately, they did not take our insurance. Okay, that's a closed door. We're going to New York. We have ticket. We booked our tickets. Well, actually, we had them on hold, and we were going to New York that very same day. We, we knew of a pastor in India, and he was coming to ORU, and he's at the very same day, and he was speaking um, at a global conference meeting. That evening, he invited us to come hear him speak at a church, and um, that we would see him at the church, and um, if we would come hear him speak. And we said, oh, we'd well, love to, of course. And I knew that I knew that I knew that that night I had to be at that church. Of course, the enemy wanted to stop me. You're too tired. It's too late. You need to rest. But I knew that I had to be at the church that night. That night, he spoke on fear and how fear wasn't of God. At that point, I had found out that the cancer was aggressive, and it was it was more serious. And when he preached on that, I just said, Lord, I... I know you're with me. You're going to be with me. He preached on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you're going to go through the fire, but you're going to come out as gold. Now, this pastor didn't know what I was going through yet. We hadn't spoke to him. He had no idea. So that message alone, I could have went home and just just been satisfied and just said, Lord, you've got this, and I know you're going to take care of me. But at the end of service, the pastor came over, pastor of the church. It was a small Indian church, maybe about 40 people that night. And the pastor came over, and he said, and he said, I really felt to come over and introduce himself, and said, if you're, you know, if you're looking for a home church, if you're here in Tulsa, you know, you're more than welcome. And um, we just started talking, and Brian asked him, being that it was a small church, well, what do you, what else do you do, pastor? Are you just pastor of the church, or is there something else you do? And he said, um, he says, well, yes. He says, I work for cancer treatment centers, and we both looked at each other, and we said. We just were stunned, and Brian said, well, what do you do at Cancer Treatment Center? He says, I'm the executive vice president of Cancer Treatment Center. At that time, we both started crying. We just started crying in front of him. He had no idea what was going on, and I just started saying, I just started babbling. I was running this morning. I saw the sign, but you don't take my insurance, and, and I was misdiagnosed. And, and after we explained everything and we calmed down, he said, I want you to come in tomorrow first thing. 
he said, and I'm going to make sure you get that second opinion. We'll work through the insurance, he said, but come in tomorrow morning. The next day we, we went in and, um, and he set us up with all the best doctors. Actually, the breast surgeon that I had was one of the best doctors in the region. Everybody around me was saying he was the one to see. And he would promise me that I would have a plan before Christmas. And this was like the 19th of December. Um, and I did. I had a plan going forward. I knew when surgery was going to be. And I knew what was going to happen at that point. You're listening to Charisma Connection. We're talking with Fran Boyd about her journey through her personal battle with cancer and how God won. We'll talk about that more just after this word from our blessed sponsor. Thank you all for sponsoring. The following podcast is brought to you by OneCallNow.com. OneCallNow is an easy-to-use cloud-based communication service that helps churches grow and engages their congregations through group voice, text, and email notifications. When you need to send a message to a group of people, One Call Now can help you do it. Send voice, text, and email messages to your group with one click or call. So sign up for a free trial or request pricing to get started today. Would you do that for these great supporters of this podcast? It's onecallnow.com. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. We're back in the studio with Charisma Connection Show and our guest, Fran, and, and her husband, Brian Boyd, who are, are speaking with us about their journey through uh, a really tough ordeal with cancer. But as God always does, he came through. And Brian, I'd like to ask you before we go back to Fran continuing her story, where were you at this point when Fran was at the diagnosis stage and pre-surgery, where were you as a husband? You know, Steve, we were just trying to, to understand what was going on. I, I think we thought after all this research and, and these organizations that support breast cancer, you'd immediately click a button and know what to do. We still didn't know what to do. And we were, we were just hoping for the right people to come in our lives to give us the right advice. I was trying to deal with insurance issues, like the practical, the tactical things. How do we get the right insurance to pay for the right things and see the right doctors? And um, I remember going to the doctor one time when Fran had the the doctors that weren't as good, and they had the wrong files on her. It wasn't even the right Francis. And I'm like, oh, Lord, we need help. How do we we go the right direction? Were you asking why God? Why Fran? Well, yeah. Were you there too? Yeah, yeah. I mean— we're young. We eat good. I mean, she runs marathons. It didn't make any sense. But once it was there, it's like, you know, how do we get through this and and make the right decisions? And it's not as easy as it sounds. I can't even begin to say what Fran went through, being the one with the with the disease. Well, it's easier now in the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah. To tell a story, and it's a different than so living true. the story. Yeah. So let's get back to you, Fran. You had to make some. St- decisions about the mm-hmm. surgery, and you're facing that. So pick us up there with where you are with God and your heart and the, the calls you had to make. I knew the Lord was going to be with me every step of the way. I really did. I, but I knew I was still I was going to go through the fire, and I knew it was going to be difficult. Um, I met with the surgeon. We decided uh, mastectomy was the best choice. And it was the best choice because when he went in, there was not one tumor. There, was two, there were two tumors. So had he done only a lumpectomy, then I would have had to go back into surgery. Yeah. 
so I go through, I went through that and very difficult. Felt like I was losing part of my womanhood and, and feeling deformed. And I think I told Brian, I look like a monster, you know, just all those emotions running through me those weeks ahead. And then to find out that the cancer was very, very aggressive. And then they wanted to do chemotherapy on top of it. That just, that devastated me because I thought once they got it, and they did, that day they got it all. They got all the cancer. But being that it was so aggressive, they thought that the chemo would be the best How option. many chemo treatments? I had to go through eight chemo treatments. I was watching you on Facebook as this was happening. Yeah. You were counting them and yeah. saw yeah. you sitting in the chair. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Facebook in a minute. Okay. okay. I just don't want to interrupt this powerful story for okay. our listeners okay. that are already connected with you and can feel your heart and yeah. how you must have felt facing it. So tell us about the days after. The scripture says that the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by him. And I really, I mean, God was directing our steps all the way. He really was. I mean, as difficult as things were, we live in this world, we're going to go through trials and tribulations, but God will be, you know, God is with us the whole way, but God, and he will see you through. That's what you said at the beginning, too. He's going to see you through, and that's... Did you feel there were days you were just going to it, (laughs) to the valley? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. How did you get through those days? Those... There are women listening right now. We know they've been sent here to this podcast to listen to you, to listen to your story. How did you get from two to through? Uh, I had a lot of support. I had friends and family praying for me. And when the days I couldn't pray, I knew that they had my back and they were praying. I would play worship music and just constantly have on some something that was going to lift my spirits. One thing that I remember is the pastor from India saying to me before even going through everything, after he found out that I had the breast cancer, he said, never lose the joy. Never lose that joy of the Lord. And that just kind of just Mm. constantly resounded in my in my mind and in my spirit. And I was determined. I said, devil, you're going to you could take whatever Mm -hmm. you want. You could take every whatever part of me, but you're not going to take my joy. And I was going to keep joyful. And I don't know, going through the hospital People would say to me, but you're always so happy, even when I got bald, when I was bald. You always have a smile on your face. You're always you so happy. You cute hats. <laughs> I did. I wore hats. I didn't get into the wig thing no, at all. No. Your hats were cute, though. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we, spent, we spent a lot of money on hats. <laughs> even the side effects during chemo, right? But when, we, when we, she started chemo, Steve, they would say, here are the side effects you're going to get. And they have a book. And it, it, it's like a thousand, you know, it's like a medical thing. And, and they say, get ready for all this. Yeah. But... Right, Fran? That didn't even happen. Well, I know the first drug that they gave me, they call it the Red Devil because it's a red drug and it and going in through, through my IV, veins. Yeah. And I just, Brian and I just prayed before every chemo session and I we prayed and we said, this is the blood of Jesus and it's going to wow. go through my body and it's going to bring healing. And <laughs> as they also gave me Benadryl, so as I would get knocked out, <laughs> I had, I played scriptures, uh, I had a... Um, my iPod, and I would play scriptures. And I said, even if I'm sleeping, it's going to go through my spirit, and it's going to bring healing. Exactly. And I just, so I guess the word and and worship. But then she'd get up, and we'd go. Like, it was, and with a huge smile on her face. And they'd look at her and say, how can you be so positive when you just had, you know, four, three, four, how long? They were like three hours, four hours each, these chemo sessions. You're listening to The Charisma Connection. We're going to take one more break for our sponsor. 
that we're grateful for. And we're going to ask Fran where she is today, the advice she has for other women and men who are facing cancers of various types, and listen to her story of victory as we return from this word from our sponsor. God bless you as you return to hear the end of Fran's story. This podcast is brought to you by peoplekeys.com. If you're looking for an online tool that can help you put the right people in the right places for effective ministry, I encourage you to visit peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. The People Keys Biblical Personality Style Report will help you improve communication, maximize effectiveness, and you'll just get your people plugged into areas of ministry that match their God-given personality styles. It's a really cool report that'll help you get more out of your team. To learn more and take your free Biblical Personality Report, just check out peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. One more time, it's peoplekeys.com backslash charisma. And thank you for sponsoring this program. This is the Charisma Connection. Welcome back. And we're speaking of Fran's victory over Mm -hmm. cancer. And we believe and continue to believe that it's total and complete victory now and forevermore, that you'll not face this battle again. And we speak that in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Fran, you went through surgery. You finished your therapies. And I want to talk to you while you're going through that about the power of Facebook. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I happen to be on your team by choice. I wanted to, to pray for you. I was close to you. We know, knew you well. And, you know, there's something about God's people that mm-hmm. when one of us is going through something, we do gather well together. But I watched how many supporters that were holding your hands through every mm-hmm. step. Tell us the impact of Facebook on you as a survivor. Well, when I when this all first started, I, I you know, I have a lot of people on Facebook that are quote unquote friends, but I wanted people on that I knew were like minded, that were believers, that were strong in the faith, people that I knew were going to pray for me. So I, I formed a group and called it Team Fran. How many members? Oh, wow. It got um, up high. Didn't it got it? up high, about 180. Amazing. But I really, but these were people I knew were going to pray for me and that were going to stand by me. And that they did. I mean, there were days when, um, I mean, I wasn't feeling so good, and I was t- really tired, and maybe Brian would p- make a post, and then people from all over the world would tell me they're praying, they're praying, they're praying, mm-hmm. and it just lifted my spirit. It was almost like just the Lord had me surrounded in prayer. And I would just say, but God, why, you know, what have I done? He goes, that's nothing you've done. He says, I've summoned people from all over the world to pray for you on your behalf. Because when I was not feeling well, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like praying. Mm-hmm. So the Lord, you know, had people praying for me, and and they. How would, much time had passed from your diagnosis to this place? Four months, five months. Yeah, about five months. Yeah, okay. about five months. And so you're beginning to feel the connection with your prayer warriors, and we talked mm-hmm. before we started this interview about the like button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. tell me what that did for you, just so people know the impact of a like, thumbs up. I made sure that I went through all those likes, even if there was a hundred or, or more. I, because I wanted to know that those. I knew that when they pressed like, that they were standing with me. They were praying for me. They were believing with me. It wasn't just liking. It yeah. was. It, it was. It was deeper than that. They were going to see me through this. Well, in my case, every time I hit like, I said a prayer. Amen. Aww. And I, I believe. That everyone did the same thing. Yeah. I believe that too. And you don't. That, I might casually click something Brian posts. You know, sure. <laughs> he posts good stuff though. That might be casual. This right. was never a casual. Yeah, like, we this believe was, it. This was. Yeah. Imparted I believe. 
You know, there's yeah. some kind of a touch, a laying on of hands. I, yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. They say that it's true. It's true. I really felt that, and I really felt those prayers behind me. It's it's an interesting feeling. It's almost like they're holding you up when mm-hmm. you can't hold yourself up. Amen. There was one time she was walking in the hospital. Literally, we were walking into the hospital from the car, and she got a big long text message from a from a lady we know who was praying for her over text message. And it was the longest text message. It just went scrolled and scrolled and scrolled. But it, she texted it right when we were walking in the hospital to chemo, and the timing was just all God. It was God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. I remember walking in and and. Fran being so encouraged as we were heading into chemo number four or five, whatever it was, you know. And this woman later said, you know, I just knew that was the time I needed to text you and pray for you over over, over text message. Mm. Amen. It was crazy. It was great. That's great. Yeah. Fran, you're on the other side of the valley. Amen. What would you say right now to someone who's um, in fear? For whatever reason, they've had a diagnosis and maybe they're listening to you and your story and their hope is welling up. They want to have what you have now, the other side. How do you help someone that's in fear with the same or similar condition? It's really hard, but trust, trust the Lord. I mean, and all through the Bible, you see God bringing his people through. I mean, sometimes we have to go through things, but trust him, believe him that he's going to bring you through. I'm no one special. And he's, and the Lord is no respecter of persons. What he's done for me, I, I really, in my heart, believe he can do for anyone and everyone. He has your steps ordered, just like he had my steps ordered. He brought a pastor from India yeah. to, to introduce me to the pastor who was an executive vice president of, of the hospital I needed to be at. God orders your steps, and you, it's mind-boggling, and, it, and it's hard to believe in our natural, but mm-hmm. you just have to trust, and that's where trust comes in, is believing See, what there, you don't see. There was one day when, when I was trying to carry, take care of the insurance issues, and I turned to friends and said, I don't know how we're going to make this happen. We don't have the right insurance. The later we met a man who helped us get the right insurance, just out of somebody introduced us, and it was just it was like, well, how did this connection happen? Like at the right time. Just every connection was there. God took care of everything, even the small things like the kind of insurance he thought of everything. I'm always amazed at God. Yeah. We just we had a, a recent podcast, the fact it's on our menu about miracles. Mm. And God works miracles in as mysterious ways as mm-hmm. he moves. And your miracle was the presentation of a doctor who got the right diagnosis to you, the ability to get you the insurance you needed and the care you needed. Yes. And so miracles can be defined in so many different ways. And I know you feel you were miraculously healed Amen. by God, even though Amen. there was surgery. It still was the right thing for your body and what you needed. Right, right. And, and I and I had so during the during the journey, I said I, I changed my why God into how God. How are you going to use this? What are you going to do with this? Hmm. If one person comes to know you, and how one, about one person listening right now? That's right. Who would say to you, Fran? You've helped me. Your story, your testimony today, will help. I think a lot more than one. We'll have thousands of people listen to this interview and listen to your story, and I believe you're going to encourage people, and God sent you here on this day, on this appointed time, for us to be together at a time like this, mm-hmm. having a tough conversation, yeah. stirring up some raw memories, yeah. and yet at the same time knowing that you're doing this as unto the Lord. Yes. You're telling and giving your testimony of his touch on your life. What else would you say? Is there anything else on your mind that you'd like to pass on to those that are listening? God loves you. He, he really does. And, and 
you mean everything to him just like I meant everything to him. And, and he has a plan. He has, amen. And he has a plan for your life. It might be amazing what, to come back in a few years and tell us again about how many places you've given this testimony mm. and how many women and men, mm-hmm. how many lives were changed because of what you went through. And when you're asking why, you're beginning to get your answer. Even today, yeah. you begin to get a partial answer. You may not see the faces of the women listening, mm-hmm. but I know and you know, Brian, you know, they're listening and they're being touched by your story. Well, we had the, the awesome opportunity to go back to India in a couple months ago to the pastor's church who mm-hmm. came and, and this, the, the story oh, begins. He said, please come to India and, and tell our church the story. Mm-hmm. And they have six services every Sunday, Steve. So, so Fran and I got up. tell it six times? Yeah, we got up really early. Did you get good by the sixth time? We were Brian? really good by the sixth time. <laughs> we did. <laughs> but but we, we got up and had the opportunity to tell our story six times that day. Fran gave her testimony. And at one point, they grabbed us and said, someone was watching on the church's live stream mm-hmm. from the U.K., and they mm-hmm. called in or emailed or texted and said, hey, I'm watching from the U.K., and I got touched by this. It's just, it's just it's miraculous where Fran's able to you know, share the story. It's neat. I think the only way we should end this podcast is with you praying for anyone who happens to be listening right now. Just say your own prayer for them right from your heart. I didn't tell you we're going to do this. We didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's appropriate. I've done it before on these podcasts, and I've always felt led by the Lord to do it, and I do now. So I'd just like you to, in your own way, pray for anyone listening now that might be facing what you faced and what you've had victory over. Okay. Lord, we, we just love you. We love you so much. And Lord, I just ask right now, Lord, that whoever's listening, Lord, and may be going through this journey, Lord, that you, Lord God, would show how real you are to them. Lord, like you showed how real you were to me, Lord, and how you continually show, Lord, and how you order our steps, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that whoever's going through this right now, Lord, that you would order their steps. Show them the right doctors, Lord. Show them the right care, Lord, that they need. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you show them, Lord, that you're with them and that you will bring them through just like you brought me through and that they will be a testimony for you, Lord Jesus. And they will also be out there speaking and and telling everyone of your goodness, of how you're a loving God and how you're a good God. Lord, we thank you for, for everything that you've given us, and we just praise you, Lord. We're constantly praising you, Jesus, in your yes. precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that prayer. And on behalf of all the women listening Amen. that want to say thank you to you. Oh, thank you. This has been the Charisma Connection with Fran and Brian Boyd, and we hope that what you heard through her testimony will bless your life, and we give glory and honor to God who's done it all by his glory and through his grace. We're thankful. I thank you for healing my friend, friend, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green. We'll see you on the next episode. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.